did. And they're into the stretch. And it's American Pharaoh who has taken the lead on the outside. In between horses, it's firing line. Dortmund is down at the rail as they come into the final furlong. American Pharaoh, firing line, not done yet. And these two come into the final 16th. It's American Pharaoh in front, firing line. Dortmund is third, Frosted is fourth. them when it to win that conference that that's gonna be my bet well they play usc fourth game of the season at home new coach new scheme yep. with uh oregon state having a more experienced quarterback mm-hmm. we don't get in trouble we'll, we'll do it after okay after We'll say, right? So enemies won't start trying to come at us. Never tell your enemy what you're going to do. That's right. Secret. That's right. right. Thank you. And thank us for the horse racing true crime podcast. Who the hell are we? And why the heck should you listen to anything that we have to say? Um, don't have it behind me, but I'll have it on the other uh, things you look at. We look at our live uh, video stream or air, but I actually have a diploma there. That's a master's degree, MBA, have security licenses, clients, net worth $50 million and above. I've had them for a while. Uh, if you want a recommendation from one of those people, what they said about me, just message me and I'll send you a copy of their recommendation, unsolicited, 100% organic. So what I do is the same way I make them happy. I use business and financial concepts in order to predict the outcome of football games. NBA basketball games, college football games, and college basketball games. Then horse racing to crime. My wife is a director for regional offices, around six offices in psychotherapy. Not only is she an administrator, but she actually makes sure that she's the boss, that she does what she came into the profession, the field for. She actually sees clients and helps them with psychotherapy as a mental health therapist. We've been watching together uh, true crime shows for the last really 20 years, but the last 18 years as a married couple. So we've noticed throughout that 18 year period, things that are missing. I'm also a graduate of the Pointer Institute for Media Studies. Tom French, collaborated with him. Tom French, crying tonight, look it up. Went a Pulitzer, made it to a movie. Right, and it's under investigation discovery, crying tonight. So, with that, I've noticed that in journalism and with true crime podcasts, there are things that are missing, right? People are not a th- attempting to be thorough. 
for this podcast. It's not going to be as long as the others, but in us executing, being thorough, we are going to give you uh, information so you can do your own research on horse racing boards and, you know, being in wealth management, being that type of business, you are even required to be neutral, right? To, if you say an opinion, it's something that both sides could agree on. And I think PETA on the left, people on the left and people on the right can agree on the political conclusion that I'm gonna come up with Scott up there in the Northeast. So we use business and financial concepts in order to make decisions, decision science. And one of the biggest one is, if you're the toughest, smartest person in the room, you are in the wrong room. People get diversity wrong. I was looking at uh, the hearings today. Uh, right now, for people are listening to the podcast from years from now, at the end of the series, because even last year and this year, each podcast builds on the previous podcast into a story with a lot of documentation, with a lot of news articles, public records from the courthouses, right? To build a narrative and build a story that hits all the check boxes for a true crime podcast. The solving of a murder, uh, life maxims that we read through last week. They're gonna be in the episode notes. 10, and I'm gonna add some more. Probably end up being about 15. And, you know, rules of evidence we use. We're not lawyers, but rules of evidence that we see in life and in uh, these court cases. They get diversity wrong, right? It's not disability. It's not gender. It's not uh, just social economic background. It is being pragmatic, right? And diversity is a, a team of engineers brings in a team of engineers with 10 white guys between the ages of 40 and 50. The one team that brings in a black lesbian who's 21 years old from across the country, and one that stays the same, the one with the black lesbian is going to beat them every time. And there are studies on it, 45% cash flow. So Scott's in the Northeast, I'm in the West Coast, regional diversity. Thank you, Scott, for joining us. And, and what you've noticed too is that the Massachusetts Horse Racing Board is getting diversity wrong. And we, yes. we kind of look at some irregularities that I noticed as an MBA, somebody who is 50 years old, it's irregular, even though it seems like they're doing a better job than California. And I'll go through California, California Horse Racing Board to be thorough, because that's the one thing we miss. We touched on veterinarians so people can do more research, hit the key point, right? That these aren't people with a storefront with dogs and cats. We talked on the horse trainers. We kind of missed the jockeys, but we might circle back with the jockeys. Uh, maybe on, uh, you know, June 29th, around there, or maybe later into July, maybe you can get an interview with a jockey to fill that gap. Uh, but we talked about the trainers, we talked about the owners. 
Uh, we talked about the indictment. Uh, we talked about the numbers, key numbers. 20% of the favorites wins, but Linda Rice wins 52% of the time. What evidence do we have? Because it has to be evidence, right? Evidence <laughs> was that she got caught spiking a horse with what? Clambuterol. And we talked in length about what clambuterol is and what clambuterol does to a horse. Right. All right. So Bob Baffert, Jason Service, George Navarro. And George Navarro ends up being the most popular podcast, both of them. Downloaded five times more than any other one. And that's a fall from grace. Linda Rice is a potential fall from grace. Uh, they can get worse. And she's made it worse because it could be too that I'm noticing this a lot. People get old. And they start losing it. Right? I really think that both sides own this. I think both, I think... Donald Trump lost it. I think he's not his right mind. And I think uh, Joe Biden's in not his right mind either. You got two people. That, that's the only choices he had to be president. And they're both, I think, mentally ill. My wife's the uh, expert in that. And uh, I can't tell her what her opinion is, but from an academic standpoint, she calls it cognitive decline. Mm-hmm. Then next week, We'll do a historical, right, on corruption in the NFL. <laughs> uh, after doing research, let me know what Scott thinks. I think it's a two-part series. We do, do have, uh, historical corruption in the NFL, and then we do current do, corruption in the NFL. So what do, do you we think, have Scott? like smarter, tougher than like, I am, Scott, up there in the Northeast? What do you think? Do we have like sixty hours for that podcast? <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna go on and on but um this is this is again this has been this has been great i know we probably will touch on this um in the coming months before the nfl season starts with jockeys and stuff like that but um i'll circle back to the belmont if you listen to the belmont podcast i i hope you you play some bets and get some money because there was some some things that we hit um that I don't think anybody else would have bet the Pletcher horses, especially. You hit the exacta. Um, you told the people, congratulations on that. I forgot about. It. Thank you. You hit the exacta, making people money. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, it's just standard. It's just standard. He's 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 probably in the top two in terms of trainers right now. This Todd Pletcher, and to get an eight horse field like that, you you, you kind of. At least you, you should have thrown an uh, exactor in on the Pletcher horses. And you would have come out, didn't pay a ton because the favorite was one of the Pletcher horses, but you would have made some money on it, um, you know, which is, which is, which would have been great. Um, you know, we've had some people reach out to Josh, tell them that they won, won some money on, on the horse racing, which is great. You know, we, we had during the football season, Jason, reached out to us time and time again with wins, which is, which is why we're doing this. You know, we're giving people a chance to, to win some money, build their bankroll. Um, you know, and this, this is great for, for horse race betting because we're giving people information. They, they have no idea of what's going on. So um, again, I, I'm, I'm happy to do this. I love doing this. Um, you know, for anything that, that, piques my interest like this is is something that I de- delve into a lot deeper. So um, 
you know, I'm looking forward to the NFL corruption too. That that'll be that'll be amazing, I'm sure as well. So. Yeah, finishing up the uh, uh, nailing down a meeting with a special guest here. All right. Don't text it fast than my wife does. <laughs> All right, so horse racing boards. And the theme for this is should uh, taxpayers pay for this? And in your opinion, Scott, what is a horse racing board? And you got mass where you're the local there. So I'll give you my opinion as an outsider. And then I'll <laughs> go with California and you give me uh, your opinion as an outsider from Massachusetts looking in here. Because that's the thing I've noticed big time. And I'm glad I did this. Because today we'll, we'll get out the, um, the pick for the finals. Mm -hmm. And man, it's not supposed to be this way, right? I went to the Pointer Institute of uh, Media Studies, uh, got mentored by a guy we had on the podcast. His kid contacted me after his death. My, uh, Hall of Fame NFL sports writer, Don Banks. So journalism is not supposed to be this way. Now we all have biases. Nobody can be completely unbiased, but you're supposed to give an unbiased opinion. But you read the Boston Globe and you read the, the San Francisco Chronicle, you're getting slightly different information. Yep. Vital information if you're betting on the games. So I was reading the Boston Globe and I had more information than the writer. Because they were yeah. saying, oh, it was a prize that the forgot who it was, pool started. If you've been reading the, the Chronicle, it was nothing a surprise that he was starting. And yeah. I already was telling Scott, Scott's a witness, I was telling the counter for that, which was bringing in Theus, which, you know, they haven't done maybe three minutes for offensive rebounding, and uh, the Warriors have been killing him on the offensive class. Yep. Yep, and he as I told you... And they got good journalists. I don't know where Chauncey's at, she's sleeping, or maybe he has to maybe Chauncey's old. To decline, but he should be telling... The, the people in Boston that it wasn't a shocker that uh Paul, let me get the microphone back because that was I get excited about these things. <laughs> and as I told you before one of the games and then you know before we get back on the horse racing is is Adoka, the head coach for the Celtics, said we don't need to make adjustments right before one of the games. Right. And when he said that, that to me made me think they're not going to win the series right. because he's, he's saying they don't have to make any adjustments. And that's wrong. Right. Tice has not played at all in the series or hardly at all. And that's a mistake. You played him all season. He's a rebounding quote unquote machine. He, he could come in 
he could take Williams' place. He could he can rebound the ball. Not a great shooter. Don't expect him to score any points. But if he can get two points, eight rebounds, he's done his job. And they have not. And that that's where my problem has you know been up here in Boston. That's where my problem with him is by him saying he 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 doesn't need to make adjustments. That basically lost you the series right there. Right. So, and they're on the they're on the brink right now. They could lose tonight and, and be out. Entirely possible. And uh, he needs to go back to the drawing board and because you don't know if you're going to get here again. Just well, like in edge, right? Because uh, picked the Warriors plus four when that line should have been even money. So I was getting value yes. by uh, actually predicting bad journalism on both sides because there's stuff going on in the Boston end. Yep. Chronicle reporters now the chronicle reporters are slightly better than the boston crew right now the beat writers yeah slightly yeah. slightly better um they did a good job kind of informing me right that williams can be good but he played like 30 minutes that one day and that really that really wore him down so the yeah. whole point of it is that you have to read the boston globe and the san francisco chronicle Mm-hmm. Right, because like Elon Musk says, the closest you get to the truth, you can predict outcomes. So all the yeah. research we do is to get to the closest part of the truth possible to predict outcomes. Yep. And Bob Ryan's not in Boston, and Dan Shaughnessy's not writing as much as he used to, and Peter May's not, and those were the, the guys that follow the Celtics. And when you read their articles, you basically knew everything that was going to happen because they knew. And they put it out there. And now these beat reporters have no idea. You no know, clue. And, and that's the thing. Well, we have more have idea. Clue, than... But I think what they want to do is become PR writers. Yes. PR yes. Money in PR for them, but it's not journalism, right? Agreed. 100%. You do need, you need uh, just for the health of society, and for your own mental health, right? Because we do this uh, mental health first aid kit. Mm-hmm. Uh, meaning for your own mental health. Yeah. To, and let's say, aside, and I, I know guys that have done this, right? So I know somebody who is very rich and is very racist, right? Mm-hmm. And in business, they're the most non-racist, most pragmatic person ever. They don't care. They will hire the 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 the, the race that always talks about hate. They will hire them because it's going to make him diversity and money. Personally, he wouldn't. He he has a bias, right? But he Definitely. fully understands his bias and knows how to execute business for himself and others. So. It's it's not it's not like moral or philanthropic or anything. It is a business concept that, that we talked about in this podcast. This is not a religious podcast. It's a business decision making podcast. Yep. Yep. So tell us about the Massachusetts horse racing board. So, so as people know that listen that are that are our age they they used to be a place called Suffolk Downs in Boston right. east boston and that ran 
that ran pretty much seven months a year. Um, in case you people don't know, it, in the winter times, it's very snowy, very cold. So the, they shut it down from, they used to shut it down from November to like March. And then they reopen in April and, and run that. So they had a, a basic commission of old timers back then. As the years got on, the state of Massachusetts did not fund Suffolk Downs as much as they used to. So the racing season got shorter and shorter. It nice. started Kentucky Derby and go until um, basically a little bit past Preakness, and then they would they would shut down. Within the last five years, they got to okay, we're going to race every other week for two months, and then that's it. And now they they're totally shut down. So they've gone from a horse racing commission that is hired by the Attorney General of Massachusetts, Maura Healy. Hired to, because, and, and, I'll, and I'll get into uh, describing the difference between direct democracy, socialism, and representative democracy. Mm -hmm. So Maura Healy hires hired didn't hire everybody but but about 75 percent of the staff right and the commissioners and and the people in charge she hired and now they've gone to a gaming commission they have a couple of a veterinarian in there they have a couple of horse racing people in there but nothing major because of suffolk downs closure and wonderland who was the dog track in massachusetts they closed too right. so they go more toward what they call a gaming commission with a little bit of horse racing in it, but mostly gaming commission because Suffolk Downs, even though they're closed, to still run simulcast betting. So you can go to, you can go to Suffolk where Suffolk Downs was, you can have lunch there, whatever, and you can bet on the races at the other tracks. That's what simulcast racing is, is, is you go there and you watch the other tracks and people will bet the other tracks. Right. So um, so they've they've kind of stepped away from that, but the when they were in Vogue, the Attorney General, which was Maura Healy, when Suffolk Downs was running a full season, Maura Healy would hire people to be on the Horse Racing Commission to give out the licenses to, to jockeys, trainers, um, to have the horses run at Suffolk Downs. Right. And, and that's the basic thing, and now they've gone away from that pretty much because there is not a horse. The closest horse racing track to Massachusetts is Saratoga in New York. And that's the closest. So they still have the vet vet on there. They still have other people on the board, but not as much as they did say five, 10 years ago. And that's where the horse racing commission um, people have gone. So. All right. So we have a special guest that we'll, we'll get after we're done. We're going to start with the PAC 12 preview. Uh, Heisman candidate, current Heisman candidate, and future number one draft pick in the NFL draft. That's a quarterback. Winning a $30 million bonus. Dolan, man. How you feeling, man? Yeah, man. Well, I appreciate that, that introduction, man. Shoot. But uh, shoot, I'm doing good. I'm doing great. Got a little uh, speed training with my brothers this morning. Nice. Yes, sir. Just uh, hanging out. What are you guys up to, man? You guys talking football, talking ball? Or well, what we're going to do is we're going to – talk about we're finishing up our horse racing true crime we're being thorough we're doing really good journalism like we're going to get to the pack 12 mm -hmm. we're talking about the horse racing board okay and um 
and give you a quick education too on what direct democracy is. Um, and I'll tie it in a little bit with the NFL because it's very important that people miss this, right? And people get all riled up in the causes problems because they don't they don't understand this part of it. So uh, Scott's finishing up with the Massachusetts Horse Racing Commission. I'm going to tie that in, and then I'm going to talk about the California Racing Commission. We'll close, and then we'll start with the Pac-12. <laughs> cool. Scott's yes, welcome sir. to stay as long as he wants. Yes, sir. Awesome. All right, Sounds so good, man. Uh, what, what more about the Massachusetts horse racing board? Because horse racing, Kansas uh, is a $1 trillion business. Man. The, the last three triple crown races, we made money on. But you have to do your research and you have to understand nuances. Mm -hmm. You're going to understand this, especially when you become a number one pick, you have all this money. You got to understand these nuances so you don't fall into traps people you know fall into. The fall mm -hmm. podcast we had was really good with George Navarro. A lot of people listened to that one. He had 36 million, went down to five, but he has to carry a purse, right? Because he snitched out some people. They kept five. He has to keep that five and look over his shoulder for the rest of his life. <laughs> yeah. Purse. Snitches mm -hmm. get stitches, end up in dishes, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's the same. Yeah. So we, we this is what this podcast is about. So Scott, finish up with the uh, Massachusetts horse racing board. And the other thing I, I found doing research too is the average winning horse trainer jockey makes thirty five thousand in a race. So to me, to me that that tells me that there isn't a lot of money that the state has funded for uh, Suffolk Downs because Suffolk Downs was it in Massachusetts when you when you thought a horse race and after Suffolk Downs there wasn't anything else. So the state decided and Maura Healy decided we're going to fund the, the horse racing venue less and less as the years went on. And it just got to a point where they weren't funding it much at all. They were giving them just barely what they, they could afford. And Suffolk Downs, the venue started to deteriorate, you know, the, the stables, the, um, the place where people went for lunch that started to deteriorate and there was no money to fix it up. So this. Suffolk Downs just decided, the owners just decided, you know what, it's not worth it. We're going to close. They tried to do some fundraising. That didn't work. Um, you know, so they just closed. And, and now they, they basically, that venue is a uh, concert once a year. People come in and simulcast betting. Um, so there wasn't much money at the end for it, where in the heyday in the 2000, early 2000s, they were making millions and millions of dollars because a lot of people would go. But people stopped going because they knew that the, the closure was coming soon. So right, so that board uh, should, should have been shut down. So yeah, it, yeah. it should it should really it should have been shut down five years earlier than it was. They just kept it going and kept it going and ho were hoping for some money to come in, and there was never any money that would come into that that venue. So, um, so they just shut it down, and it, and there's no plans to reopen it. Which is a shame because Massachusetts can be a hotbed for horse racing if it really, you know, if they really committed to it. So, all right. So, there's a difference. The appointed, right? So, somebody should not be appointed to anything mm -hmm. in a democracy, right? Because uh, they lied to us in school, they lied to chance, they lied to everybody that we live in a direct democracy where you're, you have a vote and they count everybody's vote. 
and they whoever wins at the end wins, right? So right. when you get to be as old as uh, Scott and I, you realize that it's not a direct line. Uh, who decides who wins an election? We noticed it in 2020. It's who's counting the votes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who wins yeah, the it, election? Same thing, same thing for the Heisman, man. We're running and to that and to that point, Josh, there's not an election to, to put these people in office. It's basically Mara Healy, the attorney general says, all right, Joe Smith's going in the office. He's, he's more than qualified. We're putting him in. And Why they put him in. Qualified because he's part of my mafia. He's part of my group. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Like the, yeah. the Chance for Heisman campaign, we have some sports writers that we're going to beat up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> out there. Get, get them up there. One guy tried to start arguing. Chance, think about it, right? Chad, your brother was laughing. The sports writer tried to argue with me about football. Mm. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah. <laughs> That's where he went wrong. Exactly. <laughs> yep. We were uh, comparing your stats to rising stats. And I, and, I, and I made the clear point how your stats were not, A, you're not comparing apples to apples, but if you did, how your stats were more superior. Mm-hmm. And I knew that it wasn't just a factual battle. Everybody can have their own opinions. Again, I can have all the facts, but it has to be political as well. Mm-hmm. So we have a representative democracy. Same thing for you getting drafted as the number one pick in the NFL, you know. Not only do you have to have the rocket arm, and we're going to get into that too, man. Some, some people are saying some stuff. And mm-hmm. I was going to beat them down. Are we going to beat them down on this podcast right now? <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Hey, I showed some patience, emotional control. Mm-hmm. Right? So yeah. not only do you, you know, rocket arm, read the defenses, get all that, we have to have the political side of it. Mm-hmm. Wow, we got our bases covered, and that's what happens with these racing boards. So when you get to California, you have, and I ask, we'll close with a couple questions. I'll ask you about it. Okay. To that end, for what I just said, right? Uh, Stronich family chance is this dynasty, mm-hmm. and they are sitting on three point five billion dollars. Bailey. So over there in San Diego, they own Del Mar. Oh. They own Santa Anita. Mm-hmm. And they own, and this is a good business lesson too. We'll do, you know, wrap it all up. Yeah. Uh, they own six racetracks in, in the United States. They three they own six horse farms. They own XBet, the software yep. you use to bet on horses. <laughs> so what they call that is like Apple vertical integration. Apple, Intel chips are fine, but Apple till Intel, we're gonna start using our own Apple chips. Why? Vertical integration. The more you control, right? Yeah. Control the whole part. That's why the SEC is doing that dumb SEC only playoffs. They're not gonna be able to pull it off. <laughs> but that's what they're trying to do: vertical vertical integration, right? Yeah. They want to control. The whole process. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. the chairman of the California Horse Racing Board, because we're talking about boards, because 600 horses were killed that we know of. We were like an FBI indictment where the guy's like, hey, man, 
I need you to bury a horse for me. So how many of these horses have been buried that we don't know about, right? So yeah. with that being said, the, uh, the head of the California Horse Racing Commission is a veterinarian who's been there 31 years. And he works out of where? Santa Anita. Who owns the horse? The Stronich family. And Chance and his mom, his family, myself, Josh here in California, part of our taxes that we pay when we go to the grocery store, income taxes, goes to this dude's salary. And he's never had like a storefront where they bring cats and dogs. He's just been at Santa Anita, I hate to say it, but covering for the Stronich family and their money, right? Man. The other two people that have been on the board is people from the union. And you don't mm -hmm. have to do a lot of research to watch Jimmy Moffa, uh, Jimmy Hoffa say, we drive the trucks, da, da, da. Mm -hmm. So you got two guys from the horse union on the board. This is my simple point, guys. And I'll ask you guys. The Stronish family that has $3.5 billion, shouldn't they be paying for this board instead of us? There you go. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> no doubt. Man, that's no a no-brainer. That's a yeah. no-brainer. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because... And you say, Josh, what do you say about this guy? You know, why are you saying this? Why are you so against this guy? Are you jealous that he's making five hundred? You know, one hundred fifty thousand? No, I make more than that. Uh, it's the fact that two hundred horses died in Santa Anita under his watch. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to pay for that. I don't think yeah. you should pay for that. I think the Stronish family should pay for that. Free mm -hmm. enterprise. Not this is not, and that's the problem, right? Communism. You know, my family's from Cuba, Cuba, North Korea, Venezuela. It never works, right? Because they're appointing people. Uh, mafias, right? Like the, the St. Petersburg Russian mafia, which which is led by Vladimir Putin, right? They're, they're you know, Russia is screwed with no money. The average person, right? Let's eliminate that as much as possible. Here, you know, these... <laughs> The one in Massachusetts, the one here, even the Gaming Commission. Uh, we'll finish with this one, right? Let me know your thoughts, and then we'll head to the Pac-12. <laughs> yeah. But Steve Wynn, right? Chance Steve Wynn is this. He's the consigliere for the Genovese family in New York with five families, mafia families. He's worth twenty-three billion dollars. I go to the Wynn Encore in Vegas. He built, uh, we'll go check, uh, Scott, then Chance. He built a hotel and sports book in Boston. Mm -hmm. Now the horse racing commission is now the gaming commission. Should the good taxpayers of Boston, Massachusetts pay for that board, Scott, go pay for that board? Or should Steve Wynn pay for it? He asked Steve Wynn. Wynn. Steve Wynn, no question. He, he I'm gonna go to the bathroom right, right back. Go ahead. Okay. All right. It's, it's called Taxachusetts for a reason. Because <laughs> right. we pay for everything up right. here. So what do you think, Chance? Yeah, man. I mean, yeah, for sure. Tax, yeah, that's I mean, yeah, it's just seems, it just seems backwards. Everything seems backwards to me. Just looking at it. That yeah, way. they the, the the big thing was is when they first started building it and they first started putting it putting the foundation together 
mm-hmm. is our taxes went up probably 20% because simply because of that casino and that sports book. Oh, that so you're in the state of Massachusetts. Yeah. So this is all just oh, outside so this, of Boston. Oh, so this is all real, real for you. Okay. Yeah. Nah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Sure. Because he, he was, he started building it and then accusations came out and he all of a sudden disappeared. He was gone. Oh. And they gave it to somebody else. Mm-hmm. But the accusations came out was so bad against him that the person that he put in charge to build it still was working for Steve Wynn. Steve Wynn has disappeared. Nobody knows, you know, exactly where he is. Nobody has con has heard from him except wow. his closest contacts. So he's wow. on a he's in an island someplace in the wherever. Well, so, it is the other part, and the twenty percent that the twenty percent that they have that they originally charged all taxpayers in Massachusetts mm-hmm. basically made the recession in Massachusetts more and more of a reality because of that. Because people yeah. were losing money out of their pocket to fund a casino that a lot of people have never gone in before. Yeah. <laughs> they don't know what it is, what it looks like. They mm-hmm. just see the big hotel in the in the distance when they're driving. They don't know mm-hmm. what the heck is in there. So yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. that's wild, man. Yeah, and, and people should look at it. Uh, two things that people can Google close up the the horse racing true crime podcast. Google Steve Wynn's daughter gets kidnapped because they the mafia uh, to get him out of that conciliary role, yep. the Genovese family. They kidnapped his daughter, and that's when a lot of things came out, and he was able to uh, win that war. And basically, he's going to be conciliary of the Genovese family until he dies. He was also the conciliary of the Republican Party when yeah. Trump was involved. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, uh, that, that's Steve Wynn, and that's why we feel that taxpayers should not pay for any, any I don't care if it's the Kentucky Horse Racing Board where the Queen of England owns uh you know, 40% of the horses in Kentucky have the Queen of England pay for the board, not the taxpayers. And mm-hmm. you go into Arkansas, poor states like Arkansas, uh, all these states should have the, the, uh, they should have the people with the deep pockets pay for these boards. Mm-hmm. Because, and, and, because nobody, and we'll close with this, nobody is, uh, putting a gun to anybody's head better than a horse. Right? You do it if you want. If you don't want, you don't. Right? Right. Horse thing is shady, then don't go to it. Let let them do the marketing. They're experts at marketing. They market us all kinds of products that they're involved with. They know how to get people to the track. They know how to make the money. They get paid for everything. Uh, You know, don't, I don't want to pay for it, but I don't have a choice but to play tax. I don't want a piece of that to go to that. Right? So that's your horse racing true crime for today. That's why this one cost us $800 and that cost $200. And I don't know what that cost, I'm just shit in the work. That's why I'm worth the shoes.